All right, so in high school, you were an All-State quarterback, but you were recruited as a receiver to LSU. You were also an All-State basketball player. Did you want to play quarterback in college, and did you try to be a two-sport athlete as well? Um, never wanted to play quarterback. I, um, I'll say that um, my high school coach had to convince me of playing that position, and he, knowing now, um, he took some things that I did on the basketball court, my leadership, my way to pass the ball and get everybody involved, and he was like, hey, you can definitely play this position, but... There was definitely some intervention by myself uh, with my dad and him going back and forth into playing that position. I wanted to play a receiver or running back. And he was like, man, I need my best player, my best athlete that I feel um, on the team with the ball in his hand at all times so he can make good plays. And um, so I, um, you know, fought him a little while for it. But at the end, I eventually um, embraced the decision that he was talking about making and, um, you know, elected to play quarterback. And I think it was a great decision at the time. Um, going from, I was always, you know, thrilled about basketball and football, but I think basketball was my first love. Um, just being that, you know, you, you can do it all the time. You can do it by yourself, and you can always work and develop and get better as a basketball player. So uh, I trained for basketball as well, too, from early on with a guy out of Ascension named Fess Urban. So, I don't know, basketball was always a love of mine, very passionate about it. So um, I had a couple of scholarship offers strictly for basketball, and I had a few schools that would allow me to play both. Um, LSU was one of those schools, um, but at the time, Nick Saban, it was his first year. Um, John Brady had been there for a while. LSU, we thought it was perfect because LSU had lost a lot of scholarships with um, getting penalized from the NCAA, so we thought that, man, this can be a great time. They only had, like, one scholarship at the time, so this would be a great, perfect time for us to be able to walk on the team, you know, get a scholarship from football and go out and help the basketball team but um it was myself Marcus Spears Michael Clayton it just didn't work out you know Coach Saban and um John I think it was John Breed at the time kind of bumped heads and you know we elected not to play basketball and I think we made the right decision all three of those guys made it to the NFL and I think they had great careers and um I think that was the right decision to make okay so at LSU you play receiver as a freshman and then you moved to corner as a sophomore what sparked the move, and how were you able to make the transition? Well, um, coming from high school, they kind of recruited me as an athlete. You know, they didn't know where I was going to be able to play, and that was all told to me up front um, throughout the recruiting process. So um, I just wanted to get on the field. Um, at the time, my freshman year, we had Josh Reed, Belitnikoff winner. That's the best. That award goes to the best wide receiver in college football. Uh, we had Michael Clayton that came in very high, All-American, one of – the best uh, recruiting class that LSU ever had. He was a part of that, but um, he also, you know, dominated as far as being a freshman All-American and broke a lot of records. And then we had a seasoned guy, a veteran guy named Jarrell Myers that um, graduated in three years, so he was a very um, intelligent guy, but as well as he was um, his IQ, football IQ was very high. So um, I just wanted to get on the field. So I was playing the, the fourth receiver spot, and, you know, LSU at the time had a lot of great running backs, so we wasn't taking running backs off the field to go for a while a lot. So I just wanted to get in the field. So um had a couple of injuries on the defense side. They ran the game, had broke his arm, and a couple of other guys that went down with some injuries. Um, Coach, trust he trusted me enough, Coach Saban, um, to be able to, to practice both. He thought I was a, a smart enough guy to be able to understand the offense as well as understand the defense that he had going on. And um, he trusted me to go out there to do, you know, what I was supposed to do, when I was supposed to do it, how it was supposed to be done. And um, 
I thought I thought that wow, I, I get to learn from one of the best DB coaches, one of the best football minds every day, all day, being in his meeting room. So um, that's kind of how that happened, man. Saban always had a knack for trying to grab all of the best athletes and putting them on defense. You know, what I mean, Michael Clayton actually played a little defense for a while, but um, his thing was taking the best athlete that he thought on film and switching them into DB. And um, a lot of guys, myself, um, Laron Landry, um, Ronnie Prude, uh, all of us played quarterback in high school. Travis Daniels was a receiver. Um, Joseph Adai was a, um, a quarterback in high school, changed to running back. Um, Lionel Turner was a middle linebacker for the National Championship Tigers in 03, but he played middle linebacker and quarterback at Walker High School. So um, he was known for switching guys out of position guys that he thought can do what he needed them to do. And um, I think that's a part of what makes him a great coach. And that's how I got to be a DB, you know, just trying to get on the field. All right. Talk to me about more about playing for Nick Saban. What was your experience like? Man, it was, uh, you know, people would, would definitely call him a hard, a hard butt, you know what I mean? Um, a very disciplinary guy, um, a perfectionist. And I think those are some qualities that make you, you know, it challenge you to be into a better version of yourself as well as a great football player so um you know he's a, a no-nonsense type of guy man do what you're supposed to when you're supposed to how it's supposed to be done and um and everything will go well so being able to learn from him learn how he understands how he prepares um, how he get his team ready you know day in and day out you know what i mean how we handle success a lot of things that you don't see on the football field that's that's done behind closed doors he worked on those things attention to detail to the minute and having the process to do that, man, I was able to be in his meet room every day, all day. I was able to work hand-in-hand with one of the best football minds every day, all day. So um, I think that was a blessing, but I got to learn so much about um, football, the DB position, and about life, ultimately. All right. So at LSU, at LSU, you win the school's first national championship since 1958. Tell me about that season and how you guys were able to get that done. Well, um, I think it started way before that. I think it started with the recruiting process. Um, you know, I felt like we was Nick Saban's first recruiting class. So that was the foundation of building that championship-style football. So us being guys that can go out and recruit other guys and have them buy into what we have going on here. Um, we wanted to be, a, um, you know, a national contender. We want to be what LSU is thought of now. It wasn't that when we first got there. You know, I think the year before – I came to LSU, I think it was like three and seven, you know what I mean? A losing record or whatever. So we wanted to turn LSU into what some of the other universities was, what the Notre Dames was, what the Florida State was, things of that nature, what Tennessee was at that point. Um, so, you know, coming here, believing in, having trust in some of the coaches and the coaching staff that Nick Saban brought here uh, was important, but then recruiting other, you know, we had the top recruiting class my second year with Michael Clayton, Marcus Spears, uh, Andrew Whitworth, um, Ben Wilkerson, and uh, rest in peace, I think um, Marquis Hill from New Orleans. Top class, those guys could have went anywhere and played ball, but we convinced those guys to come over here and, you know, we was going to create something special. And I think when the championship in 2003 was just us holding our promise to those guys. And, um, that's the, you know one of the best feelings in the world, and when football does well in Louisiana, everybody recognizes that. So um, being able to do it in our backyard, our hometown, and also you know holding that promise to the guys that we were recruiting here, and um, you know taking LSU to the national spotlight is the ultimate blessing. All right. 
So you get drafted by the Giants in the second round. Tell me about the draft process and as well as your draft day experience. Well, having a guy like Nick Saban and, you know, having the resources that he have, I think that was very important. Um, so, you know, not just making hasty decisions. You know, I had an opportunity to come out after we won that national championship in 03, but I elected to go back to college, get my education and graduate. The promise that I made to my parents. And um, I think all that worked out for the better. I know some may say, well, you didn't go first round where you was projected to go. And, um, you know, things happen, you know what I mean? And I um, embraced those things, never have any regrets. I got injured um, my senior year coming back, but I didn't hold any regrets to that. And um, that was part of my support system, the guys like Nick Saban and guys like, um, you know, the coaches that we had around and my parents, you know, telling me that, you know, things happen for a reason. So I was able to, you know, embrace that and know that, man, if you not only just want to go to, you know, the highest pick team, you want to go to a team that, understands you and that's going to develop you into being a better you and um, not only football but as a young man so seeing the whole process of what Eli Manning a guy from Louisiana went through before me you know elected like hey I know the San Diego Chargers picked me but I don't want to go to the San Diego Chargers that was an eye-opener for me you know I mean I want to go to the Giants somebody that's more um, of a historic franchise somebody that's known to you know try to develop their players and, um, you know, seeing that, it was a blessing that I was able to go to the Giants. I was a blessing that the Giants could have picked anybody. You know what I mean? I was their first pick. They could have picked anybody. Or anybody before that could have picked me. So it was a blessing to be able to, you know, be in a position to go to the Giants. And, um, you know, we had a lot of magic there. And that was kind of, again, me in that situation, kind of building the foundation off of us to win later the Super Bowls that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Um, I remember watching that draft with uh, with my pops, and we were waiting around for you to get drafted. So that was, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You know, you guys coming from Louisiana, you know, you able to follow them. And at the time, you know, we had a couple of guys going out in the draft, but it, it wasn't as heavy. But now, you know, this is the second, third year that LSU is actually putting guys out there that you have been following for a while uh, that you can, you know, follow into the NFL career. So that's awesome. Okay, so let's go to 2007. So playoffs, we talk about quarterbacks having great runs. You had one of the better runs for a defensive player. You get an interception in the wild card game. You lock up Terrell Owens in the divisional round, and then you get the essentially the game-winning interception against Brett Favre in the conference championship game. Take me through that play, uh, intercepting Brett Favre in that game. Well, I gave up a big play early on in that game. Um I kind of, I wouldn't say gamble, um, you know, just going through my reads. I, I thought it was a run play early, early on in the game, and I kind of had a great jam on down the drive at the line of scrimmage, and I kind of peeked in the backfield. I kind of threw him to the side, but it was a pass play. So he was able to get a long pass play. So, so now it's um, about calculation. You know, I want to get that play back. How do I get that play back? And not just gambling to get it back, but how do I strategically get that back? So that's kind of what was going through my mind, man. I, I, that happened in the first quarter, so now I'm trying to pick and choose my time of when I can make it. I had a couple of good plays that game, a couple of third down stops, a couple of times where I read the screen play and picked it out, but how can I take a possession from, you know, one of the best quarterbacks that ever played the game? And um, it was a play where we know, I've been studying film, that Donald Driver is his favorite guy. So um, overtime game, I think it's, um, I want to say it's a third down. I don't, I don't want to lie to you, but I want to say it's a third down. Who else is he going to go to? 
on his, you know, on his drive, one of his favorite guys. And I was able to read the route down the field and um, slip underneath the route and make an interception, make a play on the ball. It was cold, man. It was like the third coldest game ever. So in my mind, being a Louisiana guy, I just got to catch the ball. You know what I mean? How do I catch the ball when it's like a brick and it's like negative 30 degrees? You know what I mean? So ensure the catch and um, give my team opportunity to, um, you know, get another possession. So you guys meet the Patriots in the Super Bowl after playing them about five weeks earlier in the regular season finale. What was your feeling after losing that regular season game if you guys were to play them again in the Super Bowl? Just what happened. Like, we knew we knew we'd get another opportunity to play those guys that we was going to beat them. Um, we actually played them the last game in preseason as well, so that was our third time playing them that season. Um, but the last game of the regular season, we gave up too many big plays. Um, and I... Even so, I have to take you back. I wasn't starting in those games. So I um, started the first three games and then lost the starting job the third, fourth game of the season. So I only got the starting job back for the playoffs. So um, playing on that last game, I only I only played nickel. And then that's when we knew that, okay, yeah, we, we can do this. You know what I mean? We gave up too many big plays after we went back to the drawing board and did some self um, you know, self-reflecting. We gave up too many big plays. We made too many MEs and mistakes. If we don't make those mistakes, we can beat this team. We will beat this team. And that was the mindset the whole two weeks of the Super Bowl practice and preparation. We can beat this team. Just make sure we do what we're supposed to, when we're supposed to, how it's supposed to be done, and we'll be victorious. And uh, we was able to go, to go out there and do that, you know. We was able to get rushed on Tom Brady with our front seven. We was able to combine that with having great coverage on the back end that he didn't have open receivers running down the field and he was able to be victorious doing that. You know, Eli Manning got the MVP, but, you know, I think defense deserve a little stamp for that, you know what I mean? But all love to um, Eli. <laughs> um, so a few years later, you guys meet them again in the Super Bowl. Was the approach to run kind of the same game plan that you did in 07? What was different about this one? Well, we had different... Um, Defensive coordinator. Um, the first run, our defensive coordinator was Spagnolo, Spagnolo, who's winning championships right now with the um, the Kansas City Chiefs. So we didn't have him. Um, Spagnolo is, a, is another beautiful football defensive mind. Um, so we didn't have that to uh, to our advantage. Not to say that the other defensive coordinator wasn't different. So. Um, coach didn't have to we didn't have to depend so much on coach right so we was depending on those veteran guys and um our approach was just to really and truly beat them up uh we we thought that we were a more physical team we thought that you know Tom Brady didn't want to get touched we thought he was the leader and we thought if he didn't want to get touched then none of his receivers wanted to get touched so our job was to beat him up at the line of scrimmage put hands on um the first five yards because that's legal and um that's what we did we beat him up we took him out of the game we had opportunities to hit him we hit him and um, we was able to be victorious. Did it feel better being them the second time than the first time? I, I can't say, I can't put one over another, but um, it was less shocking to us because we thought we, we knew we was going to beat it the first time. But for the world, you know, they thought that, um, you know, the, the Patriot was untouchable. They thought that we wasn't supposed to be there again. So um, I think, you know, the shock of the world again was like, we was trying to tell you, we told you. So I, I wouldn't say it was better, but it was like, we told you this was going to happen. It happened before. If we had another opportunity to get it, this was going to happen. And uh, we was able to get it done. Okay. 
let me ask you about LSU. Let's talk about them now. As a former player, what was it like watching them last year, watching that championship run, how it all came together? Well, well my mindset is always for the, the foundation that I leave or the legacy that I leave for those guys to do better than I did because they have me as a resource to pick the brain, to see our stories, and I always want them to get better. So for me, I always wanted to be trajected in that way, right? Um, so, yes, I mean, last year was something special, man, being able to have – arguably one of the best college football seasons ever. You know what I mean? Um, how, how things came together, how it was by committee. You know, nobody cared about who got the um, the knowledge or who, or who got the, um, you know, the, the credit of being great. You know, sometimes defense had to make a play. Offense was just clicking on all cylinders all year round. But you saw it was a different receiver. You know what I mean? You saw they had three or four different receivers that were showing up. Tight ends were showing up. Running backs were showing up, and um, I think the quarterback was doing a great job of you know giving the ball to his playmakers, controlling uh, what he can control, not trying to overdo things, and again, unselfish play. And um, that was very special, man. I I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, it's like a proud big brother. You know, what I mean, seeing a little brother go out there and achieve the ultimate. You know, winning the national championship and doing it in that type of fashion, man. I was very proud. Tell me your impressions about the cornerbacks that they have at LSU now. Uh, Derek Stingley, Cordell Flott, um, was Elias Ricks. What do you what do you make of those guys? Well, young guys that um, they have been playing a position for longer than me. Like you just talked about it. Um, I hadn't played the position until I you know, my first second year at LSU. Those guys have been playing that position for a long time, so they have a little more time in that position, and they um, you know work into working on their crap more and more than we were able to do. So they came in being DB. So um, for those guys to want to be underneath the DBU umbrella is a beautiful thing, something that we started. And they still try to uphold and do the things that we we did and do it better than us. So um, I, I always love the young guys, man. I love when they, you know, try to 